You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. This episode is part of the series on mentalization. 3. Mentalization and its development with Dr. Nicolas Lorenzini. It seems a bit maybe superficial to say or too obvious to say, but we can think about minds. What do I mean with this? I mean that we're able to think and feel about thoughts and feelings. Let's say I can have a thought and I can actually look at it as if it was an object in my mind and take conclusions from it and feel something about that particular thought. But also, and even sometimes more importantly, we can know and think about what other people are thinking and feeling. It does sound a bit obvious because we do it so fast and all the time. So we don't really realize that this actually takes a lot of effort. Very important parts of the brain, including uh, the prefrontal cortex, for example, uh, they get really lit up when you have to think about thoughts and feelings, being them yours or someone else's. It does sound obvious, but it can go wrong because this capacity we have, which is like humans, we have it. I mean, we can say that sometimes orangutans have it, for example, or bonobos have it. And I was reading a paper the other day that some birds actually know when another bird is in distress. But normally, most of the animals don't have that sensitivity. And the ones who ha have it is much more, it's much simpler than ours. Ours is, it's actually our best evolutionary weapon. That's why we conquered the world in a way. But it's something that we have to develop. We are not born with this capacity of recognizing that we have a mind and think about it and have it as an object of our own mind, which is a bit strange, like having one's mind in one's mind, but also with other people. So having other people's mind in our mind. Now, in order to develop this, we need certain things because this is a, char uh, this is a characteristic of, of humans that it's going to develop anyway. It doesn't matter what what happens is not that you need to have certain requirements. What you need to have is no obstacles for the development of this capacity. And no obstacles refer mostly in the relationship, the early relationship we all have with our first figure of attachment, being it our mother normally, but it could be all our first figures. What happens? Let's remember a little bit. There are other videos in the channel about attachment. Uh, but what happens is, when we are children, when we're really small babies, we actually don't have the capacity to survive ourselves. And actually we are the species in the world that takes the longest to be able to survive ourselves. So there is a whole very long period in which other humans are in charge of our survival. We do know though that sometimes something happens in our bodies as babies uh, and we don't like that. Uh, we were thinking that the other day in episode one of the series, about how the baby, when he's hungry, doesn't know he's hungry. He just feels something in their body. And it's someone else who's coming. And if they're accurate enough, they realize we, we're hungry and they give us, give us milk, let's say. Mm -hmm. When that happens many, many, many times, what starts happening in our minds, and when this is secure, when it's a secure attachment relationship, so we, it's reliable, we can slowly pair the idea of this body feeling of hunger with several other ideas. The fact that this is called hunger, 
the fact that this is resolved by milk, for example, the fact that this is resolved by someone in particular, my mother, and then more things. It gets more complicated in which I go like, well, I got this feeling, I give a signal, my mom comes and gives me milk, but not every time. So maybe my mom is also thinking about something else. And when we get to that point, we are already very, very um, summarily, very basically putting this capacity to know about people's minds, one's own mind and the mom's mind in this case, in our mind, in our imagination. So what is mentalization? Mentalization is this capacity of imagine minds. Mm -hmm. And this has some like developmental stages. The mechanism you need is this secure attachment relationship, which is um, reliable, but this has to be repeated for years and years and years. So first, the first thing that happens, the first way we develop it is like, okay, we have something in our minds and that whatever we have in our minds as babies is real. It's as real as external reality. We have this internal mental reality and we have this external reality. We know when we are adults that you know, one is one and the other one is the other one, except we have certain psychopathologies, for example, in which they get confused, more or less confused. But at the beginning, we think that what we imagine is what everyone is thinking and feeling or what is actually happened. So there is a tiger under a bed, the tiger is under the bed. It doesn't matter if the father comes and looks under the bed and turns off, off the light again and goes, there was no tiger or monster un under the bed. The anxiety remains because what is mental is real. After that, and it's a thing that happens with playing a lot, kids, toddlers especially, get involved in pretend play, in which they kind of put their mental contents outside, but they have not, they don't have to really touch reality. So before we were thinking that reality in the, in the baby, internal reality and external reality were coupled, were the same. Now we're thinking about how later in development, uh, a child uh, has an internal reality and external reality, and they have to be decoupled. And this happens a lot with play. For example, when a child uh, is uh, crawling on the floor, uh, barking and going, wow, 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 I'm a dog. And you try to tell them, no, you're not a dog. Let's, let's get up and go whatever to the supermarket. They are going to feel a bit anxious and they're going to get angry as well. And now if you reply to them, wow, 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 it means that you understood that they're putting their mental contents outside and it has to be separated. But if the parent, instead of just barking together with the kid in play, would actually transform into a dog, like ears and, and, and hair, etc., this kid would have a heart attack uh, because they're expecting that the mind and the real world are going to be separated. As it happens with psychoanalysis, uh, then there is a dialectical movement, we could say, and later in development, this gets the capacity of like mix internal and external reality or to keep it completely separated. That mixes up and comes up with normal mentalization, which is there is a content in our minds that is not part of external reality, but it's got an important influence on external reality anyway, because the way I think it's, or the way other people think, it's gonna be determining how they're gonna act what things are going to happen in the real world. Thank you for listening. For more content, subscribe to our podcast or find us on our YouTube channel. Psychoanalysis should be free. <laughs>